three, two, one. You're not supposed to say one. Oh, so I'm starting from the top. Three, two. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Good Friends Podcast. Ooh, ooh. We're back, finally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> How long have it been? It's been a week. It's been a week delay. Yeah. A week, well, because we took the, uh, you know, in, in the podcast world, it, it's kind of seen as like a thing where you take the Thanksgiving week off. Right, but we provided for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we just had to delay our, our, uh, our week off. Totally. We basically did what you did, which was work remotely and get an extra day off because of it, because it was a holiday. Thanks, Nicey's. Yeah, Nicey's, thank you so much for standing by us during this really turbulent time while we try to find out who we are, try to find out who you are. How did you come up with the idea to call Fans of Good Friends podcast Nicey's? <laughs> it's somewhere on one of the episodes. I think it was, um... Is it? I think it was, like, a Yes All... The, the Yes All Nicey's campaign. <laughs> Instead of the Not All Men or Yes All Women or whatever it was. Okay. But we're finally back on uh, on the air. And in an ironic twist, I'm in New York. And Rod, where are you? I'm, re- I'm remotely located this time, huh? I am in the gorgeous sunny state of California, except literally the storm of the century is hitting the one time I'm here. Maybe more like California not. Ooh, yeah, just like that. Just like it. I'm literally pissed off. Like half the world is flooding, I guess. I mean, Marin is fine, so I'm in Marin County, hometown. Been here for a couple days, loving it. But literally today, like, the freeways are, like, I guess underwater. There's, like, no power in San Francisco. And literally this trailer park in Redwood City, like, is underwater. Like, Atlantis. More like Cantifornia. I'm going to really ask you to hold on to these puns for when they work and are relevant. But thank you anyway. Uh, All right. But yeah, so things are good here, remotely located, sitting in my bathroom while it rains outside, almost romantic. Alright. How is New York? Boop boop, taxi, ah, ah. Pretty much like that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've been doing nothing but yelling at taxis and telling people that I'm walking here. (laughs) Uh, And And eating a bagel. Everything's good, yes, while eating a bagel and dollar slice at the same time. (laughs) You gotta get, because New York's all about the time crunch, so you gotta get it all in. Right, in a New York minute, uh, while listening to uh, Billy Joel. Oh my god, is he the one who sings, in a New York minute? Is he? I don't know. Ooh, I think that's the Eagles. Janet, can you find that song and splice it in now? New York is great. It's supposed to be incredibly sunny for the next few days. Meanwhile, I'm underwater. Mm, very good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, very nice for me. Although it is, apparently we needed rain. California needed a lot of rain this year, so I guess we're getting it all literally in 24 hours turned on. Yeah, I heard it. I, heard, I saw it was like the, one of the worst droughts in like the past like couple decades. For yeah, apparently. I have not seen anything drier since my wedding night. Uh. <laughs> 
Man, oh, man alive. Even the rain stopped for that one. It's like actually silent outside. Yikes. It is what it is. That was a big record scratch. <laughs> I know. That was a record scratch and like a trash can lid hitting a cat all at once. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, all right. All right, um, well, just another day. So what has been going on in the last week, Jarku? Um, well, this is a story that actually kind of loops in both of our worlds perfectly here. I'm going to bring it. The other week, um, the other week, was it the other week or this week? It was this week. This um, week. The Duke and Ju Duchess of Cambridge, <gasps> uh, Princess Kate Middleton and Prince William? Yes! Although Kate I really Middleton. support you knowing Kate Middleton's name better than the prince. Definitely down. She's much more easy to remember, and all the all the fucking princes are like Henry or or William or it's true, Mary or Luke or something. It's Just true, Henry. and if you're balding at literally like thirty five, I'm gonna forget ya. Kate yeah. Middleton glowing like an angel. So, but they they were at a uh, Brooklyn Nets game. They sat courtside next to Beyonce and Jay Z. Like literally, I couldn't have written a story that brings our worlds in better. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, one of the funnier things that happened is that after the game, the Duke and Duchess went uh, into the Cav Cavaliers locker room to meet LeBron James, <laughs> and he like presented them with two jerseys. There's like one for like little Prince George, who's their son. Wait. He gave them another one for them, and then while they were doing a photo op, he put his hand around Kate Middleton's shoulder, which is of course a big, of course is a big faux pas. Right. Oh my God. The, the British media was like. The king, because LeBron calls himself King James, you know. Oh, that's so funny. Like the king forgets his manners, and then like <laughs> they had some incredibly stuffy takes about like uh, you know <laughs> etiquette experts and Americans once again crossing the line. Like God, blurred. Wait, I'm stressed out. Yeah. That is so intense. I did not hear about that. He put his shoulder. He put his arm around Kate. Yeah, and apparently it's like a, a very well-known thing in, in the UK that you're not supposed to touch the uh, the royal family. You know, I will say that I could have guessed that would be true for any, like, a, a hand on the shoulder for any political, like, figure is kind of pushing it, right? Yeah, I guess, but I would also, I would counter that to say that um, I would guess that LeBron isn't always in the position where he's meeting with people who are so highly regarded. It's you know? true, it's true. He's not giving, like, Angela Merkel, like, a bear hug. Like, that's yeah, real. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he, he, like, meets with kids, he meets with, like, you know, Kevin Hart or Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. And, and everyone's, like, touchy-feely, but with, like, you know, Nelson Mandela or, uh, rest in peace, or, um, oh or like, no touchy, obviously. Right. That's but, so brutal. And the, but it's just funny, the, all the all the British media the next morning were all just the stuffiest of of, like, uptight, wad, just incredibly, like... They were probably so excited to tell that story, to report that story. Exactly. Just like, oh, well, 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 look yeah. like LeBron Coquito. Like, okay, not even sure. <laughs> They're just filling in noise while someone finishes the story, because they didn't even meet the deadline. And the, the associated press photos for the event are hilarious, because... You can see, like, a chronology of him, like, presenting them the jersey. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, like, they start to take the photo, and he, like, put it, like, you could see he has his hand on her shoulder. Uh -huh. And there's a photo where she's looking at his hand, 
And Prince <gasps> William is like looking off to the side and LeBron's just kind of like standing there awkwardly. Oh my god, like she's reacting to the hand. Yeah, she's, it's like a pretty brutal uh, photo. I want to kill myself, you have to put that on our Tumblr right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look for it. That is so funny. I mean, you should just know that you can't... Like, touching Kate Middleton is, like, looking directly at the sun. Like, but isn't she... She's not even a royal, right? Wasn't she just some student or something? Didn't yeah, she was literally, like, best friends with Prince Williams or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure of his name anymore. He's, she's just like, yeah, she was, like, best friends with Prince William at university. Yeah, so... I'm so down. Kate Middleton, LeBron wants to touch you. He can touch your shoulder. Because he just wants to be friendly. Yeah, right. Um, did you know that I literally, when the royal wedding was coming up, like, was counting down to it? It's very popular. Apparently it's, like, higher rated over here than it is over there. Really? I believe it. We love weddings over here. And also, I love Kate Middleton. She's literally so beautiful. And I will never forget that blue dress she wore on the day of the engagement announcement. Yikes. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Hello? Jack? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What happened? But the, uh, oh, I just switched, uh, I, I deconnected the, uh, the internet wire. I'm turned on. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, that was great. I love that they met. I love that Beyonce and Jay-Z have a picture next to the Prince and Duchess of Wales or whatever. Who is she? The Duchess of York? I think Cambridge. Cambridge? The Duchess of Cambridge? Hmm. I think so. I don't know. I'll take it. But yeah, I love it. There's also, like, a picture circulating of, like, Larry David sitting in between them, and I'm not 100% sure if it's photoshopped or not. I think that's a photoshop. I know. I was thinking it might be, too, because he's, like, a Lakers fan. He's, like, not even a Knicks fan. No, he's a Knicks fan. What? He's, he's from L.A. Or he lives in L.A.? Uh, no, he's, he's from New York, but he lives in L.A., but he they weren't even at a Knicks game. They were at a Nets game. Oh, hi. Okay, so then the truth is out. Yeah. All right, well, Good Friends Expose exclusive. The photo's photoshopped. Photoshopped. Faux uh, to the toe shopped. But yeah, so that that's that's pretty much the uh, the big news story. That there. is the big news story, and of course it hit when I left New York. Do you know what I would have done to see Kate Middleton in the flesh? <laughs> what would you have done? I would have ripped off my own flesh. You guessed it. One hundred percent. And I would have thrown it at her, wrapped up in a rose. Yikes! All. What do you Yikes think? Dry. A flesh-wrapped rose being thrown at you. What do you think? You would have you would have been at the diet, but you would have actually been dying. Yeah, I would have misunderstood what it was and literally thought it was just performance art on behalf of our love for Kate Middleton. And then you would have just, yeah, you would have been a skinless freak dying on the ground. <laughs> I cannot believe I just heard the phrase skinless freak uttered about me. Like, so vicious. <laughs> Speaking of skinless freaks, earlier this week, I literally watched Lifetime's original biblical epic, The Red Tent, and there's a lot of scenes of people dramatically dying, and they all seem to have been stolen directly from me. Why, uh, what's the deal with you and Lifetime all of a sudden? Um, number one, not all of a sudden, I love Lifetime. Mother May Sleep with Danger, starring Tori Spelling, is like one of my favorite movies, so... And watch your mouth. But I will say that when I'm home and actually have cable, Lifetime and Lifetime Movie Network are literally like muscle memory channel goings. Like I will grab the remote and just go without thinking about it. Oh my god. You heard me. And you guessed it. And the Red Tent was a two-night event. That's four hours. 
It might be more constructive for you to like drink bleach. I will say that the red tent didn't feel short. Bleach does the job quick where the Bible failed. But the red tent was tight. You should watch it and it's extremely emotional. Is it really bloody and gory? Um, the red tent actually refers to, um, I thought at first, the menstrual cycle of the women in the story. Which I knew you... that was going to be, I knew it. I knew that was going to be, I was about to make a period <laughs> joke. But it's... No need for jokes, buddy. Lifetime will find a way to make the Bible relevant to women, and it is great. But the red tent is, like, where they delivered babies, and it's, like, about this woman who, like, learned from her mother and, like, the women in her life, like, how to properly deliver a baby with love, and, like, she goes through so much drama throughout her life, but, like, her ability to, like, perfectly deliver a baby is, like, one of her many skill sets, and she will never forget her time in the red tent. Closing line. All right, well, good. Yeah, it's really good. I forget, like, why I brought this up, but in any case, it was awesome. It was so good. All right. All right. Great well. tangent on Lifetime again. Let's make this a weekly topic. <laughs> you, you bet we're going to have to because there's a Whitney Houston biopic coming on Lifetime in a couple weeks. Yeah? Yeah, and you what? bet. You bet we're both watching it. That's going to be awful. Yeah, it's starring Yaya from America's Next Top Model, who literally Rule and I had a run-in with at a UCSC alumni event and actually had a fight with. What? Yeah, she literally, Yaya, like, Della something, was dating a UCSC alum and showed up to a Santa Cruz event, and Rula and I, like, asked her for a picture, and she was like, yeah, for sure, one second, and, like, kept us waiting for 25 minutes, so Rula and I started taking pictures behind her, posing near her afro, and she, like, turned around and, like, gave us this, like, vicious, like, awful smile in the picture, and then Rula was like, do you think I'd make a good model? And Yaya was like, I'm trying to be an actress. <laughs> Jesus. So brutal. I'll show you these pictures that I have of us posing behind Yaya. It's really brutal. Also, that'll go on the Tumblr. Yeah, that'll be on our Tumblr. There's literally eight of them. We'll make a little photo stream. But yeah, we'll be watching the Whitney Houston biopic. Um, we, as in you and me, will be watching it. Well, good. Yep. There should be a, a live tweeting event. There should be a live tweeting event. There will be an episode dedicated just to the analysis of the episode. <laughs> and it's gonna be good it's gonna be good so that's in two weeks lifetime should really be paying for ad space on this podcast they should you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome lifetime yeah you're welcome of course yeah i don't know if they would be too happy about us taking a shit all over the Aaliyah by a doc Ooh, yeah fair enough but also i want to sit with the lifetime exec to approve that and be like really and just stare at him until he answers <laughs> like literally really I'm pissed off. Good. You have a question from um, Ooh, the, end of the show. Right? Yes. So, two fans of the Good Friends podcast, um, a pair of friends who shall remain nameless, have um, implied through social media and through the podcast industry that they have been friends longer than you and I have, Jack. Um and thus, they think that they are better friends because of it. So, no big deal. But, um, you know, I think that it's time we tell the beautiful story of how we first met. Oh. Imagine a flashback in, like, Wavy Lion. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what was going on while I was doing that note. Oh. Oh. And now... <laughs> That's setting the scene. That's the soundboard of 
um, a small elementary school named Mary Silvera in white, Marinwood. suburban elementary school, nowhere near traffic. <laughs> yeah, like white children as far as the eyes can see. And two little kids named Jacques and Rod who had the exact same Power Rangers lunchbox. Yep. Setting the scene. And, uh, How old were we? I forget. It was kindergarten. It was kindergarten. So Jack and I met in kindergarten because the two of us had the exact same Power Rangers lunchbox. There was, I assume, some sort of cubby switcheroo because we accidentally traded lunchboxes. Yes, and I remember because I had, uh, uh, in kindergarten, you do like half days, right? You right. Kids, those kids can't like sit down for a full day, right? So it's like there's morning class and an afternoon class. And I remember that day I opened my my lunchbox for lunch, and I'm sure you had just also opened your lunchbox for lunch because we ate at the same time. Yes, we did. Uh, and like I opened it, and it's like this glorious treasure trove <laughs> of, of like Doritos and and like delicious like hummus and stuff, <laughs> all this like crazy like cheeses and. And weird, uh, weird things that my dumb white ass had never. <laughs> and I'm sure yours was, and I'm sure you opened yours, and it was a depressing, like cold salami, <laughs> like a, like a smushed, crustless bologna sandwich. It was all the extra mayo. It was, yeah. The minute I squished it, and ten pounds of mayo came squirting out, I thought this shan't be mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I think our moms organized some sort of. Lunch trade-off? Maybe. That, like, kind of, that maybe is what it had happened. I think it had to have happened. So our moms, like, organized some sort of, like, trade to have our lunchboxes, like, gotten back. And I think we, like, started playing around. Yeah, I think so. That I sounded mean, a little too sensual. <laughs> <laughs> but also maybe exactly how it went down. You know how kids are. You know how kids are. Yeah. I mean, and that has to just go along with, uh, it, it's fitting that we... We met at Mary Silvera because I I never before in my life been to such an unorganized, <laughs> quite frankly, evil place, and I haven't been to one since. It's true. It's sort of like how you're like best friends with your war buddies, like if you were in Vietnam right. or something. Exactly. Yeah, enduring Mary Silvera was in and of itself. Um, yeah, it was sort of like the defining experience of our given childhoods. There was literally not even a bit of order in that Thunderdome of an elementary school. Mm -mm. We'd have, like, assemblies every Friday, and the whole school would gather in the gym. And we'd sit down. The, uh, our principal's mom would play piano. Oh and, <laughs> and she would tell us cat stories. The biggest con of Mary Silvera was when they fooled you into pretending it was an honor to carry the flag from a classroom up to the stage. Like, I remember as a kid being like, excuse me? Don't think so. That one time when you did it and you dropped the flag on the ground is how you ended up on the NSA uh, no-fly list. That was how they knew. They looked at me and they were like, I see a five o'clock shadow and he's not even four. He literally just dropped the American flag and probably pissed on it when no one was looking at it. Put the sniper lights on his forehead, but don't pull the trigger. Just let him know he's being watched. That's why they stopped you during the 8th grade trip to 
Washington DC. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I, I feel like I was like the white whale to some NSA agents Ishmael. And when he saw me in 8th grade was like, "That's the fucker who dropped the flag in 94." Like with like a cigarette in his mouth. He's like really like big eye bags, like so dark. My biggest beef was the uh, issue with the pond that they had installed and uh, claimed that we were going to be using uh, the new pond to learn about you know the ecosystem and, like algae you know, and then like no one ever went in did they tell us that it was going to be like really fun i guess so they wow. really oversold it yeah they did you know what else was like another like quick cut that they made literally like their sand budget when they were throwing in like pieces of used bark for our playgrounds yeah. Huh? Like, literally, I look back on that, and I'm like, can we spring for sand? I would, like, fall off the jungle gyms back when I did jungle gyms, and literally would be like, um, I have splinters, like, all over my entire body. Like, is this Abu Ghraib, or is this literally an elementary school? Like, unclear. For some reason, the splinters would only end up in my eyeball. Yeah, exclusively. It's like they had a mind of their own. <laughs> my and meanwhile, that NSA agent is, like, in a tree, like, oh, we now know his weakness. Like, I'm taking this back to HQ. <laughs> well, speaking of Miss Casella, our principal, telling crazy-ass cat stories, we have a really great fan, <laughs> fan sent in question about cat ladies. Yeah, this question comes from our good friend Patrick, good friend of the show Patrick. Uh... <laughs> I won't disclose any last names for anonymity's sake. Yeah. You know who you are. You know exactly who you are and know that we know who you are. Exactly. We know where you live. We know you. At least I do. Ooh. Uh, okay, so he writes, uh, Taylor Swift said once a person owns three cats, they become a cat person slash weird cat lady. At what point do you become a cat person? How many cats is too many cats? Is it three or four? What's the cutoff line? What is the threshold? Mm-hmm. So good. Such a real question. Yeah. I, I would say the threshold for the, the cats to people ratio should remain one to one. And if you, if you exceed that, then it's starting to get a little weird. Then we get into cat lady territory. Yeah. yeah. If you're a single person and you have two cats, that's okay. All right. I mean, and you like cats, but that's maybe I wouldn't get three. I agree. I think the minute you go over the one to one ratio, it's like, what is this cat? What hole is this cat filling? Because that means it's taking the place of someone else or something else. To me, my ideal ratio is zero cats to one person. Um, I think that just sort of functions the best because it gives us something closer to a catless world, which is what we should be striving for. But That's true. You hate animals. I hate every single one of them um, and don't wish any ill will on them. Like, my literal press release, every time it's uncovered that I hate animals, I have to say the same thing. I don't like animals, but I wish no ill will on them. Um, but yeah, I just feel like cat ladies are like so much, like so intense. I think like three cats is like, all right, rein it in. Four cats is like, you need to stop. And anything after four to five, you're just in crazy cat lady territory. Right. It's just so yeah. much. Yeah, a lot of cats. And they're, they're, the thing about cats is they don't give a shit about you. They don't care. They're there to use you. They're going to use you. It's so true. They, they literally they, couldn't care less about you. They zone in on the weakest person in the household, and then they exploit that person. It's so, it's so true. Literally, cats are pretty much like the person that makes a reality TV show function. But all cats right. are that person. Like, they're all the situation. They're all the Trishels. Like, literally. <laughs> they're all the 
Like all of them. They're the person that creates the chaos. Exactly. They're the person that goes like, Meow! I'm not here to make friends! Meow! Meow! I fucked Snooky! Meow! (laughs) I would love a talking head interview with a cat on a reality show saying that they smushed Snooky. (laughs) Like if Snooky had slept with a cat too, I'd be like, um, literally sweeps week. We know what you're up to. Gnarly. Yeah. Um, yeah, cat ladies are really intense. But you know what? Is there something really unfair? Is it sexist? Like, why is it not weird if a guy has, like, five cats? Or is it weird? Weird. I would say that's still odd. It's still odd. It just doesn't have that sort of, like, weird trope behind it. Like, there's no, like, cat guy phrase. That kind of goes back to the whole, like, single lady spinster kind of, like, never got married, got cats instead of having kids. Totally, totally. Yeah. No, for sure. It's totally true. I feel like bird, guys with a lot of birds are weird and girls with a lot of cats are weird. Yeah, no, but I would generally agree, like, anyone with a lot of, a lot of any kind of animal is, uh, overdoing it a little bit. It's true, except fish. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like if you have a lot of fish, I'm just like, okay, whatever, like, I don't really think anything of it. I guess so. It's because fish, it's so, like, non-interactive, they're just in their little world. It's true, they're glorified furniture, let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> My neighbor, David, used to literally leave me in charge of his fish when he would go, like, travel, um, this was, like, back when I was growing up in Marinwood, and his fish were so crazy. They were, like, really, like, expensive, like, exotic fish that had to be in, like, temperature-sensitive tanks, and I had to know, like, exactly, like, what to feed them, like, what temperature to make sure the water stayed at all times, and, like, add specific types of, like, salt to some of the water, and I was just like, I'm literally eight, and I hate these animals, like, what's going on? So it sounds like fish do make the list then. Yeah, maybe they do. It was weird. It was like, I got stressed out and I have that association, but I just kind of feel like overall, like, you could have a lot of fish and you would maybe not notice. But someone with like four cats, like, literally you're outnumbered. Like, if the cats turn on you, you're yeah. done. You're done. That's too much. It's too much. No big. No likey. Me no likey. Okay. So Great question. The question. He also has another question. Mm. Uh... He says, newspapers often refer to investigation as probes. For example, this, and then he links to an article about a a probe into a certain, (laughs) see, I didn't actually open the article. It's a Reuters article. But he says, what do you feel about the word probe? And the article links to exclusive state attorneys general probing AT&T for direct deal for direct TV. (laughs) Yes, probe. Probe is a, probe is a, you know, it's a weighted word. I think everyone knows that probe the word probe has certain implications sometimes it it's better than others very much so i'm gonna disrobe you then i'm a probe you that would be kind of a scarier one fair uh Loud the and association of probes and aliens is also a scary one it is because it's literally happened right people have been probed in this world i'm a probe truther you should know i think i, th- I think aliens are probably checking us out a little bit i don't know about the probing Aliens have definitely put things in people's asses. I will put money on it. I mean, if you're an alien, why do you need to do that? Do you <laughs> go space? Can't you just x-ray us or kind of just look at us and see what's in us? I feel like that's what every single alien in the home planet said before that one alien took off. And the one alien was like, no, 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 you, you have to probe them. You have to like put it in their ass. Like, really? You have no other technology? No, 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 no. no. The only way to do it is if I touch their ass. I'm just going to put this in their ass. Don't worry Trust about me. it. Trust me. 
Like, Zamzar, are you sure? Like, we really have this technology. You don't even really need to go to their planet. No, 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 it's totally okay. I'm just gonna, like, spread their ass open and just, like, put my face into it. Like, don't even worry. I'm just gonna probe them. Don't worry. It's just their, it's their species. They just, they just, <laughs> you just gotta do it. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It's like a weird earthly custom. Like, our research doesn't show that that's true. Trust me! Like, okay. It's like going from Mac to Windows. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I'm an alien. I'm a human. Like one of those like Justin Long commercials. No, I'm into probing, and I think it's really funny when it's in a headline. Uh, usually it's a good thing when it's in a headline, and it makes me think that something is actually getting done. Right, because it's an active verb, to probe. Right, and it's to investigate and to reveal the truth. Yeah, oh, you know I'm down. So, <laughs> yeah, you like the truth. I love the truth. I live for truth. Yeah, it's good. It makes it feel like it's not like a... Like, I feel like probing, it basically means to investigate, but when I hear, like, we're investigating it to see, I'm like, oh, are you? But probing is, like, a little more, like, direct. Like, probe right. is very, like, active and sort of vicious. We're going to turn some shit up on you. Yeah, exactly. To probe is, like, we're going to put our foot up your ass, much like a probe would be done. So That's me as a cop. Thank you for the uh, question, Patrick, and keep them coming. Keep them coming, and... To all our listeners, keep probing. Believe in who you are. Oh, God. Okay, and then we have one more question before we get to Devil Tongue and Good Friend of the Week. Uh, yeah, so this question comes from Adam, who is uh, getting a shout-out because he's coming to visit me this week. Uh, in New York! And your brother also uh, is a little bit interested in this, so we decided to answer it. Wait, he is! has a question about the NBA year. And, of course, the team from Northern California, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, the, the Golden State Warriors, have the best record in the league. And Adam asks, are the Warriors going to win the title or are the Warriors going to win the title by a landslide? <laughs> so losing's not an option. Yeah, I would say that that's a little bit getting ahead of yourself there, bruh. That's putting the horse before every cart. Yeah, I mean... Or the cart before every horse? There's only been, you're putting the cart before the horse. Got it. Um, But there's only been 21 games out of an 82-game season. It's a long one. (laughs) Let's just, you know, it's fun while it's lasting. They're having a good run here. Let's just enjoy it and not worry about the championship until that is a thing to worry about it. That is so. so refreshing to hear. And literally, I hope that every single team in California, literally doesn't even get close to winning so that we don't even have to muse the idea of riots. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you lose, like, ten games before the final championship, it's like, oh, good run, okay, whatever, anyway. But if you, like, get so close that night and lose, or if you win, everything's on fire, and I can't. But I would say that out of the big major sports, NBA fans are the ones least likely to riot. I literally can't risk it. Because the games don't happen in the middle of the day, so there's no, like, tailgating mentality. Mm. Watching basketball drunk is incredibly hard to do and not very easy, which is the same thing. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the the, the, the fans of the, of the game are, like, just generally more rational and reasonable than drunk, drunk up uh, NFL and baseball fans. Oh my god, interesting analysis. CSI Sports, wait, totally. Because like the tail, if the tailgating is happening, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's just the kind of vibe I get from 
attending basketball games and talking to people who go to basketball games. It doesn't really seem like that's a big part of the culture. I wish you would have told me that before I took a lead pipe to every player's kneecap two hours ago. <laughs> I could have really used this analysis sooner. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. I mean, football fans, I literally want to set every single one of them on fire. Um, baseball fans always surprise me with how crazy they are. Um, and I guess I don't really think about much about basketball. I mean, basketball is my favorite out of the sports if I had to choose. So yeah. maybe I should hope for the best for the Warriors. I can't believe they're doing so well. Like, how are they doing this well? Like, what's going on? Well, they were like a trash fire when we were kids. I mean, they were just like <laughs> hopeless and just awful every year. And so now this is the first time that they've looked like so good. And it's just kind of shocking everyone in the Bay Area. Um, at least to me. It's a little shocking. Me. I didn't. Th- I knew they were going to be good this year. I didn't know they would be this good. I'm obsessed. Are all the headlines like Warriors are very sexy? No, they're like Warriors win again. Oh. No, but like outside of the local media, it's not really a national story because everyone's still focused on LeBron and stuff. Right. And it's like LeBron and how awful the Knicks are are the two stories of the. NBA. I'm so obsessed. I love sports stories where it's how bad something is. Yeah, because it's fun to talk about uh, a team that openly dislikes each other. Yeah, that turns me on. So. I'm so into it. Yeah, isn't there a player on the Warriors that literally got like a $60 million contract? Probably. They get, they did, uh, I don't know what the, the details of Clay Thompson's deal are, but he got a, I think he got a four-year, $17 million per year contract extension, oh, which is pretty God. hefty. That is so much. Like, how much money do they have to spend on players a year? Uh, I mean, it's just like what the market dictates, kind of. Each team has a salary cap, so they're only allowed to spend a certain amount, uh, a, like, each year. Right. Uh, but that just kind of keeps going up and going up because the NBA makes so much money off of, like, TV, the TV deals. Yeah. Um, that they sign with, like, you know, uh, the private, the um, local networks, like uh, what's a, like the Lakers, there's like a Lakers network. Okay. And so, like Comcast signed this gigantic deal with the NBA to exclusively broadcast, you know, whatever games. And then in turn, the NBA makes like an ass ton of money. I'm <laughs> <laughs> So, that's well, how it works. I'm into it. Yeah. Sports are crazy. There's so much money in it. If I had it my way, I would have that money allocated to anything else, but I'll take it for basketball, I guess. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, it's entertainment. People are willing to, to you know, spend that money on it, so. What if I started going to games and doing one-person die-ins and screaming, this money should be going to teachers <laughs> and during every single game? You get beaten to death. <laughs> And also, like, not sure why I'm talking during a die-in. Like, I'm clear. <laughs> not, like, not much was planned ahead of time. Teachers. It's also very loud inside of a basketball arena. I don't know how <laughs> people are going to do. Yeah, they'd be like, who's that guy who's talking to himself? They bring the mic a little closer. <laughs> if all the teachers here had this kind of money, like, okay, like, I don't know what he's, what he's on, but... So... So yes. this one goes out to all the teachers and against all the players. <laughs> Good job. In, in summation, <laughs> the players and go teachers. And go teachers. Uh, thanks for your question, Adam. Thank you so much, Adam. We really appreciate it. And the teachers, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Teachers, thank you. All right. Now to, to get on with the uh, the rest of the show, we, we're, we're doing our uh, little 
good friend of the week edition. Eh, eh, good friend of the week. Eh, eh. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, sure. My good friend of the week is bah, 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 Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's literally so cool. Like, I just love her so much. She's aggressive. She's articulate. She's sassy. She looks great with a sensible short haircut. Um, graying beautifully, killing it with wireframe glasses, and is overall just, like, really great, and gave a really incredible speech about, um, the mass spending bill, like, the one trillion dollar mass spending bill that is, like, you know, essentially on the Senate floor right now, and she's really just, like, angry all the time, and I'm so into it. Like, I just can't believe people like her still get into politics. She seems like a mom that's, like, really mad at a PTA meeting, but is making, like, very compelling points that, like, nobody for some reason is making. And she's just so great. Like, I love her so much. I want her to, like, be on Hillary's ticket, like, more than anything. Yeah, she's really good, and it's cool to, whenever I see stories about how she's, like, just fed up with uh, the bullshit politics. Yeah, she's just so tired of it, and it's, like, I just feel like an Elizabeth Warren could so easily just, like, see the system is broken and, like, want to never do politics again because she's that angry you know what i mean but she's totally putting that into like really effective um like talking points and like i feel like a lot of her sound bites are like often being um like spread really like far and wide which is great she's just like really powerful to me and it's sort of one of the few no-nonsense performative politicians and i'm like so into her she's so great and like hates the government prioritizing of like the rich and powerful in a way that doesn't feel like she's just like trying to keep her base like it just seems like she's really pissed off mm. and i'm into so, it and i really want to play her in a biopic would you say that would you say about uh senator warren me likey i would say me me like like <laughs> me like like to Good. keep this oh. really important conversation about politics going i just want to say me me like like a lizzie war War War. A Lizzie War War. Like, ugh, throw me out a window. But yeah, good friend of the week. Ooh, ooh, Elizabeth Warren. Ooh, ooh. Oh my god. Thanks to her for all she does. For all she does, all she's doing, and all she shall continue to do. And for me, my good friend of the week is. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, last week's my birthday, so my good friend of the week is my girlfriend Pam and everyone who signed this really cool card that. She mailed around the halfway around the country. I'm literally choked up right now. And it made me happy, and it was a cool gift. Jack! And thanks to everyone who signed it. That is literally so sweet. <laughs> Jesus. It was your birthday last week. Yeah, 26. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I'm turning 26 next year, but not if I have anything to say about it. Yeah. I'm nervous. There. But how was your birthday? Was it great? We had a, yep, yeah, we made like a blanket fort and uh, we played like a, we made like a fortune teller and, you know, those stupid ones where you like. Like the cootie catcher? Forth, like you make in middle school or like elementary school. Yeah, like the one, two, three, four, like the cootie catcher. Yeah, right. So we made one of those and it had like, under each flap it had like a different thing you had to do, like dress up in a stupid costume <gasps> or like do a dare. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm obsessed. So. Wait, wait, what did you have to do throughout the night? Well, let's see. I had to make a. I had to do, go run outside and do a snow angel and just like some shorts and, and a t-shirt. Turned on. Uh, 
I had to put up, she dressed me up in this stupid ass costume and I looked like a, an insane clown. Oh my god, wait, the blonde wig and those glasses? Yeah, yeah, it was a bright green wig, but that's a black and white photo I sent you. Oh, I see. You literally looked like the twins from The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> so, yes, I looked like a clown. Put that on and, the Tumblr. Uh, and she did this, she made me do this one where she, uh, she like, she was like, Okay, Jack, I dare you to wax off a strip of your chest hair. And I was like, all right, fine. So I did it, and she, like, ripped it off, and it hurt like a bitch. And then, like, immediately afterwards, my skin started to, like, bubble up with all these disgusting red dots. No. Yeah, and they stayed there for, like, a week. Wait, I want to throw up. Yeah, it was pretty gross, but it's they're gone now. Like, wow, this story took a vicious turn. I did <laughs> not expect you to go there. Was Pam like, oh, I have fucked myself over? <laughs> no, she didn't say that. That's she so just, she just laughed. Wait, so does it hurt as much as it looks like it does? <laughs> yeah, but it did, I mean, it wasn't so bad. It was just kind of shot. It was like pulling off a gigantic band-aid. Okay, that sounds awful. That sounds exactly yeah. as bad as I was worried it would feel. But she just did. She didn't even warn me. She just did it. Oh my god, so the French like love that. that. <laughs> Famous saying. Wait, that's so crazy. That's so, so that was much. my friend of the week. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad your good friend of the week literally um, performed some systematic abuse on you. <laughs> I'm going to be a Pam truther. Wait, that's great. We that sounds fun. really fun. We have fun. We have, we have fun. We have fun. So who gets our devil tongue of the week? <sighs> Devil Tongue of the Week isn't really, like, a, a person, but it just kind of goes out to December for creeping up on us. Yeah, word. Devil Tongue of the Week is definitely December in time, because how is it already halfway through the month? <laughs> yeah, that's a little fucked up. It's like, you, you blink and all of a sudden it's, like, December, like, what's today? December 11th? Yeah, hi, huh? Like, why is my rent always due? Yeah, right. I'm you finally stressed. put the red check in, by the way. Oh, jackpot. So. I'm literally, good to know, thank you. I'm literally pissed yeah. off. December just always flies, every month is just flying by, I'm over it. Should I perform, yeah. should I perform a die-in on a calendar to make time go slower? <laughs> this one goes out to time. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> you should give more time to the teacher. <laughs> If December's gonna fly by, why aren't the teacher salaries going up? Like, what? Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, why did he just start in the middle of a speech? We have no clue what he's referring to. So, yeah, and, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, all of a sudden, you blink and, like, there's all this Christmas shit everywhere and, like... Yeah, oh, literally, before oh, it was oh, even December. Ding, ding. Ugh, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm literally pissed off. Like, I'm pissed. Can we just get a second to just, like, enjoy December? Yeah, can I just, like, literally three minutes to be like, mmm, it's the end of the year almost, before I'm like, oh, what? It's the 11th. Like, um, okay, yeah, 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 uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing for New Year's. Uh, it's, like, literally, I have, like, three seconds. <laughs> I can't even, like, revel. I'm so pissed off. That's funny. I'm sick of time. Double devil tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, Jarku, it's been real, my good friend. It's been really real. And it's now it's about that time everyone knows what's coming up. Everyone knows what's coming. It's time to yell at Janet. <laughs> it's time to tell Janet to get to work. <clears throat>
Get Damn to it. it. <laughs> this is the end of the show. Did you hear us wrap things up? <laughs> hey, Earth to Janet. Show's over. Get your head out of your ass. Oh, she can, sorry. Let me put my head up the ass that she's in so she can hear me. <laughs> sorry about that. I had my head up an ass. So, thanks, Janet. Thanks, Janet. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.